Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bear Insider Podcast, the ultimate insider. I'm Mike Pulaski, your ultimate insider, former Cal quarterback, Hall of Fame member, and radio analyst for the Cal Golden Bears. Well, there's been a lot going on the last couple of weeks, so we're trying to bring you all the news, insights, thoughts, the inside stuff, hence the name. And I can bring you a lot of the inside stuff. We talk to coaches all the time. We talk to media personalities all the time. We talk to people inside the department all the time. Um, there's a lot of stuff that a lot of people out there don't know, trying to fit the pieces together, trying to figure out how the puzzle fits. Uh, I wanted to touch on a couple things here today. One is, uh, obviously, the Bears, the Arizona game, the COVID issues, uh, a huge disappointment for any Cal fan, all the Cal players, all the Cal coaches, all the Cal families in that game because Arizona is not a very good football team. And you could see by how well the Bears' defense played in that game uh, played exceptionally well because the offense couldn't get anything done. There's a couple of reasons for that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, that Arizona was a very beatable team that could have added to our overall record and towards a bowl. And so that's a huge disappointment, obviously, for us, for Cal fans uh, and everybody else involved. So that's a big one. Uh, losing the SC game for that week it was great that Jim Knowlton and the athletic director from USC and the conference got together and decided that they were going to put that back on the schedule for December 4th. So we lost that game, but we didn't lose the opportunity because that is a game that is essential for the Bears to win if they want to get bowl eligible this year just to reach that 6-6 six and six record. So a couple of huge things going on. Let's, let's just kind of address the COVID issue a little bit. There's been a lot swirling around the news about what happened, how it went down. And it's unfortunate that things happened the way that they did. Obviously, a couple of COVID cases triggered both Berkeley Health and UC Health to test on a broad level all the players in the program. And there were a couple of players uh, between Chase Garbers and Luke Beckett who made some tweets. And I saw some fans reacting to those tweets, talking about, you know, come on, get real to these players. I want to take you inside the mindset of a player. When we think about COVID and how it affects the college athlete, um, it doesn't affect the college athlete who is in fantastic shape, uh, who is incredibly healthy, who doesn't have any underlying conditions. Um, it doesn't treat that person the same way it treats an older person. The other thing to think about with athletes is that Every single day they step on the field, they lace up those shoes and they put on the shoulder pads. They are taking risks of injury, of permanent injury, of potentially even death when they're playing the game because there has been, have been guys on the field who have had you know, serious injuries that cause death. And so that player knowingly goes in and takes risks every single day just to play the game of football because we love it. And in that, in that sense, they are modern-day gladiators, that they go out there knowing that there could be severe bodily harm, and they go and play this game anyway. And so when Chase Garbers comes out and says, come on, we want to play, and I hear people harass him for saying that, I think that they don't understand the mindset of an athlete. I think it's really important that you understand the mindset of an athlete. People tell you all the time when you're playing, oh, you're going to feel it later, and we constantly just go, eh, you know, that, that doesn't bother me. That, that, it just rolls right off my back because I'm an athlete who's going out there, who takes those risks, who knows it going in. And so when, when people are responding poorly to Chase's tweet, 
They clearly don't understand the mindset of an athlete. They also clearly don't don't understand how athletes perceive how this disease affects them because they are so healthy, because they are in such good shape. It doesn't have the same effect on on college athletes. These are some of the healthiest people in the world um, playing college sports. And so you need to take that into perspective. I'm not making any judgments in terms of what they should have done, what they shouldn't have done. I just want you to get inside the mindset of a player. And I thought Luke Beckett, uh, with his tweet about the fact that somebody can walk into a CVS in San Francisco and steal openly and walk out with no police, but then being threatened with arrest. I don't know whether that's true or not, but if that is true, it's right on the nose. Like there, there are things going on in society right now where you can get away with horrible acts, criminal acts, uh, without having the police called. But if you're being threatened because you won't take a personal test that has to do with your health decisions, I think there's some inconsistency there. Let's just say that at the most. So a lot going on this week. Obviously, the Bears weren't able to play against USC. I just wanted to cover those things for you. I just think, you know, I love Luke Beckett. I think he's a fantastic dude, and I thought he was right on the nose with that tweet. So any, any of those people out there, you need to take into account what's going on in the world. Yes, should everybody be concerned about other people? Yes. Should everybody be concerned about everybody's health? Absolutely. Um, but you also need to understand the perspective of an athlete and how they deal with it every week. All right. That said, it is big game week. And big game week is always special because it's a rivalry that goes back over 100 years uh, to quality institutions. I know Bears fans don't love to hear me say that about Stanford. But two really good institutions um, with a great rivalry that is a heated rivalry. There is passion around this rivalry. But people from both schools can get along as well. And I like that about our rivalry as opposed to, say, Oregon-Washington where they purely hate each other um, or any of the other Auburn-Alabama where they purely hate each other. It's one of the great rivalries in college football. It's actually in Trivial Pursuit for you guys that have played it. It asks, what is the big game of college football? And, of course, it's Cal-Stanford. So that said, big game week. I got to sit down with Coach Wilcox. We talked about a little bit about what's going on with COVID, where the team stands, the health of the team, uh, where this team is at right now, what they're doing in terms of practice. And we break down the Cardinal, and it's coming up right now. Joining me now, head coach Justin Wilcox. And coach, we've had a couple weeks off here. And I have to imagine it's been about the most frustrating couple weeks in your coaching career, hasn't it? Um, you know, yeah, there was some uh, frustrating times there. Um, no doubt about that. Um, nearly, you know, much or nearly all of it's out of our control. So you really got to focus your energy on what you can do to move forward. And I think our guys have done a good job of that. Um, we feel good about this week. You know, we, we got enough guys back where we <clears throat> uh, have a roster and, and uh, <clears throat> feel a, a good team this weekend. And uh, we're not out of the woods, so to speak yet. We still got testing and, and things we have to go through, but uh, the guys done a nice job of really, uh, looking out the windshield and not the rearview mirror, so to speak. Just to kind of touch on it a little bit, because we haven't talked about it, a University of Arizona game, obviously tough when you got 24 guys out and a bunch of support staff, which is the part that I think a lot of people don't recognize at home too. We were sitting right next to the coaching box and it was a whole bunch of new faces and guys that hadn't been sitting in that box all year long. So how hard does that make it without the continuity of having the staff there as well as the players. Yeah, that's uh, challenging. I mean, there's got 12 members of the coaching staff, immediate coaching staff. So either full, you know, our full-time coaches or uh, graduate assistants. And so 
those are the guys that coach our players and uh, manage the games. And so we had to kind of all hands on deck and, and uh, even called in a few people who traveled to help us out, uh, met us in Arizona to help us through the game, which we really appreciate. Uh, so it was a, yeah, it was a unique circumstance, Mike. There's no doubt about it. Um, it was not ideal. Uh, proud of how our team competed, gave us a chance to win the game. Uh, ultimately, we didn't, didn't get that done. And uh, looking forward to having our coaches back in the building and uh, as many players as we can get back this week prior to playing Stanford. I know coaching, you know, and, and playing, there's no excuses. So you're not going to give us any for Arizona, but that's a tough one. I will make them. That, that's a tough position to be in. And then you lose the SC game. Obviously, like you said, out, those circumstances are out of your control and you come into the big game, right? So you get an unintended bye week coming into this game. How do you get the players refocused now without all the external stuff that's out there because it's big game week, which is big anyway. There's lots of energy. I know the players feel like they got something to prove to come out, you know, come back from everything. So how do you contain that energy? You want to have enough of it for the big game, but you also don't want to be over the top of it. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's all about your focus and, you know, where do you take your focus? And we really, uh, you know, talk about it a lot and they, they've done a good job of it, of, you know, really being in the moment and meetings and practice and preparation. And we got to do a great job of that this week and each and every day we go out there. So really not looking down the road, uh, kind of being right where your feet are. And uh, I think, yeah, I, I know we'll have good energy when Saturday comes, but we got to do a great job this week preparing. So we give ourselves the best chance to go out and play well. And where does the team stand? And I know that you can't get into it a lot because yeah. of medical issues and all that, but in terms of personnel on the field and in the, and the coaching box, mm -hmm. um, are there any major losses? Are we mostly good to go? Where are we at? Yeah, we're in a good spot today. You know, it's Tuesday and uh, we still have uh, tests and things that we need to uh, take this week. Uh, we'll have another set of testing before we play the game. And uh, as of today, we're in a really good spot. Um, I wouldn't say that everybody is back. I mean, there's a couple position groups that still are a bit thin, but we're in a place where we can go out and compete. And so uh, that's better than we were a week ago. And, and so uh, we're going to be optimistic about all of it. We're going to uh, prepare uh, like we always do. And, and uh, if things change, then we'll need to keep our knees bent and adjust. And, and one of the big things, I mean, when you talk about preparation, obviously having enough bodies out there to practice as well. So you have enough guys in practice to go out and get ready? We do. We've had to adjust practice uh, in terms of how we do scout teams and things like that, just because of our numbers. Um, so we have had made some some adjustments to how we uh, we call it service. So we kind of have to have a more of a good on good than we do traditional scout teams. But uh, that's where we're at, and that's the situation we're in. We're going to make the most of it. And our, like I said, our guys' attitude's been fantastic, and. Uh, you know, really trying to focus in on what they can do to prepare to play well. Yeah, that's a huge thing. I mean, people at home who don't know haven't been part of football practice, not having a look, not having the ability to go pad on pad, keeping that pad level low, you know, making the right reads, all those things play into it. So practice is a huge, essential piece of it. I read, I think it was Jeff Ferrato was talking about the meeting that you had with the parents this week uh, in one of his articles. Uh, and I love Jeff's stuff. And he talked about one of the quotes from you was about not being victims of a situation. And I love that 
it, it encapsulates the whole thing, right? Because when you become a victim, you're no longer in control. Panic sets in, all those things happen, but you're trying to keep that victimhood mentality out. Talk about why that's so important. Well, I just think uh, it seems to be, uh, you know, that mentality, uh, once it creeps in as a personally or into an organization, boy, it's, it's hard to get out of that. And um, we're all fortunate to be here and coach and play football at Cal. And there are some things that are out of our control. And I don't, um, you know, the frustration that guys feel and, you know, the, uh, the anger, like that's warranted. Okay. So we don't dismiss that. However, um, finding the solution rather than, uh, you know, maybe continuing to just talk about the problem isn't very productive. And I think, you know, in our society today, we see a lot of that. I mean, it's kind of a race sometimes to victimhood. And, and, uh, so I think all of us, myself and our players and coaches can, you know, do the best we can to be optimistic and uh, maybe take actions that help us move forward. And that's what we've tried to do. And it's not perfect. I, I mean, I'm not perfect. And I don't know that any of our players are, but they've done a really good job, I think, of moving forward and trying to, you know, control what they can control and uh, not look at this as woe is me and poor little me uh, instead of, you know, finding some good in it and making the most out of it. And that, I mean, it's so huge. And you and I talk about this mental side of it all the time, right? Because everybody can have X's and O's. Everybody can create scheme. Everybody can do all that stuff. And a lot of different things work. But the, the mental side, that's the edge. That's the difference maker between teams that show up and teams that play extremely well on Saturday, isn't it? Absolutely. And uh, it's kind of how you approach things, um, you know, how you respond to adverse times, whether it's during a game or Maybe it's in your personal life or maybe it's in practice. Who knows? But your response to that adversity and how you're going to look at it and, uh, you know, your uh, the decisions you make and, you know, the emotions that you put forth. I mean, all those things matter. And uh, we know it takes a lot of talent and skill to to be good in football, but the attitude and your demeanor and all those things have a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. And that's also why it's not always just the fastest guy or the strongest guy who's the best football player, right? It's a guy who's the whole package, who has that mental toughness, the ability to focus on what's at hand. Speaking of what's at hand, big game this week. Tell me what you know about Stanford. Well, uh, it's big game week, first and foremost. And we don't change our preparation from week to week, you know, harder one week than another. We always try to prepare as hard and as thorough as we can, practice as hard and efficient as we can. And we'll do no that won't be any different this week, but uh, I do want the players to appreciate the, the big game and the history of the big game and the acts and all that comes with it. It's one of the beauties of college football, which makes it the greatest sport on earth. And, you know, even guys that get a chance to play pro football, as you could attest, you know, there's great venues and, you know, hopefully our, some of our players, a few will get a chance to play pro football and maybe go play at Lambeau field. And that would be really special, but the rivalries in college football, um, you know, uh, make college football what it is. And, and I want our guys to appreciate it. So we talk about it and I don't want to hide from it. I want them to enjoy it. Um, but the best way to enjoy it is by having a great week of practice. So we go out and play well. Yeah. Have a great week of practice and get a big win, right? That's always the big one. Yeah. You <laughs> You've it. been in a lot of these. So as a player, obviously you played in what was previously known as the civil war. 
And so you were part of that game. You coached at Washington, that, that Washington, you know, the Apple Cup is big, but the Oregon-Washington rivalry. So you've had, you know, a couple of those. You've coached around the country. Tell me about big game experiences and, and where the big game stacks up for you. Well, I mean, it's as good and storied a rivalry as there is. Uh, we're at, what are we, 124 right now? 124 times this game has been played. Almost half of them are decided by a touchdown or less. You've got two uh, great institutions who are uh, prideful uh, and unique in their own right. And so I think it just makes for a phenomenal rivalry. And then you add in the, the history of the game itself and the, the, the plays that have been made and the play and, and all that. I just, it's a, one of the finest rivalries in, in all of college sports. And it's an honor to be a part of it. How, in terms of personality, just the thing that I was like, I love is that you go to all the other rivalries and they literally hate each other. Like they really don't like each other, but you go to the big game and these guys are having dinner together. They're working together. Right. They're all, they're all social off the field. I think it's a, it's an intense rivalry. There's no doubt about that. And the, uh, you know, the bragging rights that go along with it, that's a big deal. Uh, you know, people are prideful. Like I said before, uh, Cal, our team, their team, our fan base and alumni and their fan base and alumni are prideful people. Uh, but I also think, you know, people can shake hands at the end. And, um, you know, we got a great deal of respect for, I do, and our team does for, for Coach Shaw and, and their program. And, uh, but it doesn't make us want to win any less, you know. I mean, it is an intense <laughs> deal, but I think it is one where people can shake hands after the game and, and, uh, you know, there's not going to be maybe the just the vitriol and things that, you know, the hatred maybe that comes with some of the others throughout the country. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me uh, personnel wise and schematically about the Stafford team. Yep. Uh, you know, offensively, similar to what they've done in the past, they, you know, the each and every year, which good coaches do, they kind of lean on their best players. Um, they've suffered in some injuries as well, but they're, they still give you a number of different personnel groupings. They've always done that. Uh, they got, you know, anything from all big people to, you know, 11 personnel and breaking the formation. They're very good at running back. They have a number of different skilled running backs. Uh, they've played a number of different quarterbacks. Uh, they're always going to be effective at the quarterback position. They've recruited well at, at that spot. The tight end's a very good player. Uh, we know the receivers. Uh, Michael Wilson's a, a talented guy defensively. Uh, up front, number four, uh, Booker. Uh, yeah, Thomas Booker, who's yep. played a lot of good football for him. Uh, Reed, 90. Um, let's see, who am I missing here? So their front, as we know Stanford to be, is always big and physical. Uh, Caillou Kelly's a very, very good corner. Um, and so they got some playmakers there. You know, I, they've been in some close games as well. A little bit like us where there's, you know, one score game, a, a bounce here or there, or a play here or there, and their, their record probably looks considerably different defensively they are kind of a scheme team loves to nickel and dime pressure, like give you different looks, twist, stunt, do all of that stuff. Offensively, you know, what, what do you have to do to handle that kind of pressure? Yeah, well, they do. They, they're going to give you a number of different looks. They'll play four down and odd. They'll play uh, single high safety and split safety. It's not like they line up in one thing. Um, you know, we'll have to do a good job identifying people and, and staying on them and uh, having our answers in the run game uh, when they do move. Same thing in the pass game. 
And then when we have our opportunities, we got to convert on them. You know, if we can get it blocked up and create a crease in the run game, we got to hit it. And in the pass game, we get it protected and get the ball uh, out to the to the right guy at the right time so we can make a big play. And they played the young quarterback last week, Patu. You happen to know family members, obviously, with yep. you know, having a Patu on your team and knowing Saul. Tell me, what does that do to their offense in terms of limiting their offense in terms of how much they can put in? Well, um, you know, I thought Ari came in and he's a really good athlete. We know Ari well, as you can imagine. Um, and he's still a young guy. Uh, he did get dinged up during the game, but you can see for each guy, they're going to always lean on what that player does well. And so maybe for Ari, it was a little bit different um, than some of their other quarterbacks. And so, you know, going into this week, um, uh, you know, depending on who's up and going, we're, we're expecting the starter to be back. And uh, we would, you know, we're studying some of his stuff and what, what they really leaned on with him. But I, I think like any good coach, they're going to, they're going to adjust as needed for that quarterback. Excellent, Coach. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. I'm glad that we get to get back on the football field this week. You know, fingers crossed here, knocking on wood, making yep. sure that all those tests come back clean, yeah. but we can get out for a great big game this year. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. So all that said, Coach Wilcox said, not quite out of the woods yet. There's more testing to be done, but let's keep our fingers crossed that the Bears test out healthy, that they can field as full a team as possible going into this big game, give themselves the best opportunity. I think on paper, if the Bears are healthy and together and there because of Stanford's injuries, because of what's been going on in that program, the Bears have a really good chance of taking this big game down on the farm this week. I think key matchups in this game are going to be what happens at Stanford's quarterback spot. Is West healthy? Is their starter back? Do they have the guys at that spot? Are they able to run the football? They have quality running backs at Stanford, and so that's a big one. If they can run the football like David Shaw likes to run the football, uh, and if the Bears – you know, don't handle the run very well. I think that's a big piece of it. I think offensively with Chase Garber's back, if the offense is in full swing, obviously we're down a couple of linemen going into this game, but we have most or all of our receivers back for this game. The bears have to be able to push the ball vertically down the field and then take advantage when they catch Stanford in some of their twists and stunts and blitzes that they'll do out of those nickel and dime packages. And if they can increase them, when they're coming in those pressures then in the run game and then hit some big shots down the field, stretch that field a little bit, that gives Cal a real chance to get a big win. Obviously, the Bears need this win to become bowl eligible. Obviously, Stanford would love to spoil that for the Bears. Stanford's got their own stuff going on down there on the farm. And so a huge game. The big game is always big, but this one's huge for both teams for various reasons. So I appreciate you guys watching this week. I appreciate you listening if you're listening to this on audio. As always, I am Mike Pulaski for the Ultimate Insider and Bear Insider. Go Bears.